Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Amen. Go to Mark chapter 11. Like I said, I had a couple things in my heart tonight uh, uh, that we're going to look at, and uh, I believe it'll be good for us. How many know the word's always good? And the rest of it, if you know, I'll let you know it is good if you weren't aware of that. And the Word of God is good for you. We're getting more of them every time, so the Word of God is good for you. Amen. Praise God. It's good. It's good. It's good. Mark chapter 11. I think we know these verses around here. Mark 11, 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. We know that one translation of that, or the actual Greek actually said, have the God kind of faith, faith. Verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I like that whatever, whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. And go over the myth and then to John, the 16th chapter, John chapter 16. Look at a couple of verses here to start off with. In the uh, 23rd verse, it says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever things you ask the Father in my name he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. I want to talk a little bit tonight about asking. Uh, Lord put it on my heart tonight to, uh, to stir us up in the area of our, of our asking. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a scripture in James chapter 4, and the last part of the verse, it says, You have not because you ask not. And uh, like I said, the Lord put it on my heart this afternoon to talk a little bit about these things, about the importance of um, uh, of our asking the Lord and, and going to Him and making our requests made known. You know, God is not moved by need. He's not moved by anything. He's moved by faith, right? It's faith that moves mountains, right? It's not need. There's a lot of people with a lot of need out there, but, you know, uh, God is, is sympathetic toward those things, and He is moved with compassion for us, and, and He can relate to the things people are going through, but what causes God to get involved is us using our faith. And so uh, the issue of asking is such an important thing. I'll look over in Mark, the uh, 10th chapter, Mark chapter 10. Anytime I think about uh, uh, the subject of asking God, I'm always brought back to this and this account in the Bible. And it shows us really the, the simplicity but the importance of this truth. In Mark, the 10th chapter, we're going to start down in the uh, 46th verse. And this is the account of blind Bartimaeus where Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus. And we've read this before, but I tell you, this, this is good stuff that's contained in here. And it says uh, in the 46th verse, it says, Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Thank God that blind Bartimaeus knew where to look, right? Or, what, or who, who to call out for. Verse 48, then many uh, warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. 
So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. You know, it's interesting here, obviously, blind Bartimaeus was blind. He, he, had a, he had a garment that he wore that signified him. But it's interesting that Jesus wanted to know specifically, what is it that you're looking for? He knew that he had a need, but he, he, knew, but he wanted to put it in blind Bartimaeus' court. What is it that you're looking for me to do? What do you want me to do in, my, in your life? You know, God, the Bible, we know that, that the, the word also says that he knows the things that we need even before we ask. How many of the scriptures still going to say it gives us an example of how to pray? To pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? The things that Jesus instructed them to pray for. But he said he knows what you need even before you ask. But still, the asking part is important. The asking part is important. You know, it's easy to, to, to fall into a pattern, especially those of us who know some things, uh, to fall into a place where we have needs or things are going on in our life and we, we assume because we're doing other things right and we're doing other things, we're attending church, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that, that because the Lord knows what we need, that things are just automatically getting taken care of. But the, the issue of asking is still important. Making your requests made known and keeping those things before the Lord is vital. You know, blind Bartimaeus here, if he had said, you know, uh, I stubbed my toe, you know, could you do something for me? How many think that Jesus would have done exactly what he asked? If he said, you know, uh, uh, I've had this spot for a long time, you know, and I've had this coat for several years, and, and I threw the coat aside because I need this year's fashion statement, you know, for the, the beggar's jacket. I need the one that's current for this year. Jesus would have gotten him a new coat, right? And we laugh, but how many times have we done that before when there's a real need in our life, yet we pick something else to ask for, and we stop short of God's best, we stop short of, of what God really can do because our vision isn't enough. Anybody been there but me, right? Our vision is enough. And, and, and blind Bartimaeus could have said, you know, uh, blind Tony down the street, he's got a better spot. I want Tony's spot, right? He didn't say that. He said, that I, he asked, he said, I want to receive my sight. And so like I said, this was kind of stirring on my heart this afternoon to stir us up in this area. We know what belongs to us, but we've got to access what belongs to us. We've got to stay in a position of, of being aggressive and moving forward and contending for what Jesus has laid hold for us, the things he has purchased for us. We've got to continue to contend for those things and make sure that we are asking for what God, or asking for God's best in our life. You know, I was thinking about this this afternoon. I remember a, a story that um, uh, Pastor Lynette, Sister Lynette, uh, Hagen had told when we were out at Rama, uh, she had said that uh, when she was a teenager, and I, I don't know, I think she was 15 or 16 years old, I think it was uh, contact lenses because it makes sense. I already had some eyeglasses then, obviously, but uh, contact lenses had come out, and she was working. She was at the age where she's doing some babysitting and making some money and, and doing some things, but she really wanted some contact lenses and, and one of those. And I guess, you know, when they were new, they must have been pretty expensive. I don't know. Anybody here who knows who were, you don't have to raise your hand. Anyway, uh, when they first came out, they must have been pretty pricey. And so she knew that uh, they didn't have it in the budget. Uh, at, at home. It wasn't in the budget at the time, you know, to, to, to just pay for him. And she was working. So she went to her dad, Brother Hagen, and she asked if he could take him down to the banker, uh, to, the, to the bank. Now at 15, 16 years old, I guess they, they do things or did things a little differently back then. Today, you don't think you can go to the bank at 15 or 16 and get a loan, but she wanted the, uh, her dad to take him down to the bank, take her down to the bank. So uh, he said, okay, sure. So he took her down to the bank and and he walked in, they walked in and sat down at the, at the bank office, and, and he introduced Lynette to the banker. 
And in Brother Hagin's style, he got really quiet. He just kind of sat there. Kind of like right now. Just dead silent, didn't say a word, introduced Lynette to the, to the, to the banker, and then he didn't have much else to say. Brother Hagin wasn't a man of a lot of words, and, and uh, he just kind of sat there, and she said after a period of time went by, it, was, it started getting a little awkward, just the silence of them staring at each other and looking around. And, and finally, she realized, she said, well, if this is going to happen, I've got to speak up. I've got to say something. If I'm going to get what I need, if I'm, I'm going to get the money for these contact lenses, I need to speak up. And so she, she finally spoke up and said and told what she was looking for, and of course, the banker said, you know, okay, we'll take care of that. And he went and got some papers and got it all together and, and drew it up. She signed the paperwork. Well, they went to leave and they're walking out. And she was like, Dad, how come, how come you didn't say anything when we sat down? How come you didn't speak up? You, you know what I needed. You knew why I was here. And he said, I'm not the one who needed contact lenses. He said, I didn't need contact lenses. You needed the contact lenses. So you need to ask for them. You know, much the same way God knows the things that we have need of, just because he knows those things, we still need to ask for those things. We still need to present, make our requests made known. Remember the scripture said to be anxious for nothing, right? But, but in, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God, right? It still says in the midst of times where there are things that are, that are facing your things that you're needing, don't be anxious about it, but do ask the Lord. Make your petitions made known. A lot of times I think we fall into, because I've done it before myself, well, I need this. God knows I need it really badly, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing these other things. Surely he's going to take care of it. Sometimes he's still waiting on us to ask for things. He's waiting on us to start the transaction because he's made it available, but we've got to possess it, and part of that is asking. Amen. Asking is important. I just want to ask you, how, how, mu how much have you been asking from God lately? What have you been asking for God lately? What have you been going to the Lord about? It's a part of exercising our faith and, and getting ourselves out there and not just settling for what things are and the way things are going, but actually pursuing God, pursuing the things we need in our life, but going to him about the things we have need of. Amen? And so it's important that we continue to ask. And there's many, many areas that, that asking. In every area of our life, our asking is vital. In every area of our life, our asking is vital to make sure that we are presenting our needs before the Lord. And so just a couple of things. This, this apparently will be really short tonight. We'll see. But, uh, of course, I'm an Anderson. That may not mean anything. But uh, what's the first thing we need to go to James chapter 1? James, the first chapter. James, the, the first chapter. And these are things that we know, but we need to be reminded of them. Remember, Peter said he brought these things up by way of remembrance so that they would continue in these things. Well, we need to continue in some things that we've heard before and learn. I mean, it's not, it's not what you've heard before, but what you're actively doing. That's where the victory is. And it's not just the things that you've asked for in the past. What are you asking for today? If you're going through a period in your life where nothing's happening, where God's not moving, either you're in disobedience or you're just not asking. You know, you can be obeying God completely and still have needs that go unmet. You can be obeying God and having needs that, 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 that will still go unmet. The other side is you don't have to be perfect. I'm not saying you're endeavoring to not be perfect, but you can miss it. And because you're asking God, he can move on your behalf because you are pre presenting your needs and your requests to him, right? And so one of the things that uh, in the area of our faith here that we're asking for is here in James chapter 1. In the, uh, in the fifth chapter, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, first chapter, fifth verse, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Well, if we need wisdom, well, surely God will do it. No, it said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If 
If anyone asks, lack, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a he is double-minded man, a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So our asking must be done in faith. And I know we know this, but how many times does our asking is not done in faith? Sometimes it's done in just simple hope. Instead of a confident expectation, he said, let him ask without wavering. Let him ask in faith without wavering. When we go to the Lord, we've got to know what belongs to us. Without a solid base of what belongs to us, who we are in Christ and what belongs to us, our asking will just sound like everybody else is asking. The woman with the issue of blood, her touch was different than everybody else's touch because one, everybody else's touch, they were touching her. You could say they were asking on one sense, they were asking, but they weren't doing it in faith. Her simple ask was, simple, was, was a very simple thing, but it was powerful because it was done in faith. And so our asking must be done in faith. We have to be confident in what God has promised us. We have to know these things beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, I referenced blind Bartimaeus earlier. We know his asking was in faith because he cast aside his garment. There was such determination in his heart. He knew that what I'm going to ask for, I'm going to get to the point. I'm going to cast aside my, my, the thing that was holding me to the old life because I am about to receive something, a new life. Can you see the difference? And so our asking has got to be done, uh, uh, like I said, not in hope, but in full confidence that what we're asking for, God's going to do. Listen, you can't hold on to what the, the need, you can't hold on to the reality or the, or the thing that the need is causing, and yet still expect God to move on the other side. You can't hold on to the safety or whatever that is, a, blind, a, a garment, you can't hold on to those things and yet be expecting God to move in some of the area of your life. Because if you do that, you can become deceived in the fact that you think, begin to think these things don't work. They do work, but you do have to ask in faith. Go over to 1 John. 1 John, the, uh, uh, the fifth chapter, 1 John chapter 5. I've gone back to these scriptures in, in my own life so many times. They're, they're just, they're so good. In 1 John, the, the fifth chapter. In the 14th verse, it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Aren't you glad to know we can have confidence in God? This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But notice, we still have to ask just because it's his will doesn't mean it's going to happen. We still have to ask according to his will, right? But this is a confidence we can have, that if we do it, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, we know, uh, we know that, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I want to go back to my question earlier. What have you been asking God for? What are we, we, it, there's a part of stretching ourselves and not being satisfied with where we are, but pushing forward and continuing to trust God and to ask God for bigger and better things and moving forward. It's an important part of our walk. Listen, if any area of our life doesn't look like Jesus or isn't the fullness of Christ, we've got some asking to do. 
We've got some asking to do. Now, there's a part of being satisfied, being content, right, and not living in a place where you're always looking to something else. But at the same point, we need to be pushing forward. If God has provided it, if his word has promised it, to, uh, promised things to us, we need to be contending for these things. We need to be contending for these things. In every area of our life, we must be contending for these things, but we've got to be confident in God's word. Listen, outside of a robust uh, 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 time or encounter or time spent in God's word, you're going to fall short on these things because the enemy, the life, things are always trying to degrade our faith. Spending time in God's word will strengthen your faith. It will encourage you, remind you of what he said, but encouraging you to continue pressing forward of the things he's promised. Amen? And so ask, you might have been done, it's got to be done in faith. And then the next part is we've got to ask big. This is the thing that Laura was dealing with this afternoon about is the importance of asking big. Not asking small, but asking big. It's not just about asking for something, but ask big in your life. Ask big, stretch what's possible. You know, uh, the Lord said this to me this afternoon. I'm going to try to find where I wrote it down at. Uh, uh. He said, one of the biggest hindrances to God being able to do all that he wants to do for, in, and through us is our inability or unwillingness to ask big enough, simply small thinking. One of the biggest hindrances to God or him being able to do all that he wants to do for, in, and through. There are multiple aspects to our walk. Our walk. Every area requires faith, and every area must be possessed, and part of that is asking for these things. What he wants to do in you, what he wants to do for you, and what he wants to do through you. How many of you know that without all three of those, you are not complete in life? In our walk with God, our relationship with God is more than just what, what he does for us. It's what he does for us, in us, and through us. They're different. And in those things, he's hindered if we don't ask. God is hindered in what he can do. It's one of the biggest hindrances, him able to do what he wants to do for us, in us, and through us. It's our inability or unwillingness to ask big enough, simply small thinking. Luke chapter 18, or Luke the 18th chapter. Let's look at this for a second. You know, we see things from, from a human perspective. That's why God's word is so important because it renews our mind. There's a new attitude that comes with getting into God's word, a new perspective on things. The perspective that we, how many know that our perspective today is very different than Adam and Eve's perspective? The way that the, the human race looks at things is very different now than it was then, right? I mean, I think just in so many different ways, Adam named every animal that there was. The Lord brought them before him, and Adam named them all. That's pretty sharp. But there's an expectation people have today that as you get older, you start forgetting things. Right? I mean, isn't that something you hear? Well, as you get older, you know, there's things just start slipping. People blame that on things. I remember we were in, in, uh, uh, in Gatlinburg at Randy Greer's meetings. He would say continually throughout the message, I'm, I'm sharp. I don't remember what he said, but he would say, you know, I, I'm sharp. I got the mind of Christ. Says, I remember all that. He would, he said, I remember all of these things. What is he doing? He's confessing God's word over himself. It's a form of asking. 
Speaking God's word and not just saying it just as throwing something out there. I'm blessed and highly favored. He No, which I'm not against anybody saying that, but he was putting faith behind those things. Are you blessed and highly favored? Do you have the mind of Christ? Are you pursuing those things or just accepting, well, life is what life is and life will be what it is and, and this is what everybody else has known? That's not the way Adam and Eve saw it. He told them, I'm going to put you in the garden, and you're going to dominate and reproduce. There wasn't a single aspect of getting along or going along to get along or whatever the saying is. There was not an aspect of that at all. It was 100% domination. That's what it was. Their perspective was different. No matter what it was need, no matter what the need was, it was a 100% we can have whatever is necessary. Well, we need to have the same mindset. We need to see things the same way. In Luke, the 18th chapter, we know this, in verse 27, he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. You may be facing something, and the reality is all of us will face something that is impossible to men. In fact, we'll probably face many impossibilities that are impossible to men. Things that, that don't look, they're just not possible. And sometimes they're not possible because you've never seen, you may, they may look impossible because you don't know anybody who's ever done it. It could be something that looks impossible because you failed 20 times before to achieve it. That doesn't mean it's impossible. Just because you've missed it 10 times before in an area or fallen short 10 times, 20 times, 100 times before, you can have those things if God's word promises it. But are you, willing, are you willing to accept it or are you, are you going to contend for those things and continue to present your needs and stand up for what God has said belongs to you? That's where the victory is. And, and, and if there's something you're missing it in, ask God to help you see what you need to see. He's faithful to do it, but you got to keep contending for it. You got to keep asking. You got to keep going after those things. You've got to keep pursuing those things. Don't give up because what seems impossible to somebody else may even seem impossible to you, even by experience. It's possible with God. It's possible with God. You can be free from anything. I said, You can be free from anything. You can be free from lack, you can be free from sickness, you can be free from pain, you can be free from anxiety, you can be free from fear, you can be free from depression, you can be free from anything. You can be free from addiction, you can be free from anything. Well, nobody in my family's ever been free. Well, that's, well, you're not limited by your family. When you get born again, you're in a new family. You've been placed into a new family. You've got heavenly DNA in you, Right? Let's not accept worldly DNA or worldly thoughts of things, but let's continue to pursue what Jesus has laid hold of. It's important. you got to know God is able. We read that scripture. We read it this morning in our giving. Listen, God's able. God's able. God's able. But it's bad, Pastor Greg. It might be, but God's able. you got to keep pushing forward. I thought of this this afternoon, Jeremiah 32. You can write this down and we'll read it to you. Jeremiah 32 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard for you. Everybody say there's nothing too hard for you. You're not talking to me, you're talking to God. There is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. You know, the enemy is a jerk. 
And from the beginning, he's always tried to lie and deceive us on who God really is. He wants, God to, he wants us to see God as unfaithful and unable. The reality is, that why does he paint God as unfaithful and unable? Because he is unfaithful and unable. He is the epitome of unfaithful and unable, and he's trying to flip the script and trying to make us think God is unable and unfaithful. God is absolutely able, and God is absolutely faithful. Without a shadow of a doubt, he is able and he is faithful. And the reality is if he's done it for anybody else ever, he'll do it for you. If he delivered the children of Israel with the armies of Egypt chasing them at their heels, he will surely deliver you out of your mess. Right? If he created a giant swimming party, he will definitely make a move in your life as well. So we have to quit limiting God. Well, this one, this one's big. This one's big. This one, this one, this was a tough one. Uh, you know, this was a tough one. You know, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with where I'm at. Listen, did Jesus pay, die and pay for okay? He shed his blood to get us back to where they were in the garden. There is nothing too hard for you. Go over to Mark chapter nine. Mark the ninth chapter. You know, it's important to know God's able, but how many do we need to know it to take it a step further? God is able, God is able. You know, there's a lot of people out there, well, I know God can do whatever. And that spiritual voice. But they're lacking something else. You've got to know something else. Mark chapter 9. Have an account here, you know, with a, 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 the man brought his son to Jesus and tell him all of the problems, all the things that was going on, how bad it is, how awful it is. You know, it was bad. But, you know, the badness of it didn't mean anything. No matter how bad the situation, and I'm not even going to read the situation because it doesn't even matter. No matter how bad it is, it doesn't matter. We need to quit magnifying how bad things are, how big things are. You know, really what that is, you're saying something is bigger than something else. Right? Brought his son to Jesus and said, if you can do anything, help him. And Jesus said, he said, uh, he said if you can believe, verse 23, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. You know, believing is not that difficult. Believing is not difficult at all. Believing is actually very easy. You can believe whatever you want to believe. We look around our society today, people believe all kinds of things. If you can believe you're not a man when you were born a man, you can believe anything. Right? If you can believe you're not this, you can believe you're not that, people can believe anything. It's what do you choose to believe? He said, listen, if you can believe God, all things are possible to him who believes. So really that comes down to it. What are we willing to believe? How, how daring are we willing to get in our faith? You know, the reality is the world is pretty daring in their beliefs. They're actually really daring and they believe. If you can believe how you were born is not your gender, that's pretty daring. That's pretty bold. Pastor said crazy. That is pretty crazy, right? I mean, that's out there. I've, I've oftentimes thought if, if you could pull somebody in 200 years ago into our culture today and see the conversation of today, I've, I've thought of our founding fathers. Bring our founding fathers Go into, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Time Machine, pick them up, right? Bring, bring all of them into, you know, who's seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? 
Only a few of you. All right, it's a bad move. Anyway, it's bad as in stupid, right? Bring, you know, Genghis Khan and all the other guys, bring them back to today and have them open up the New York Times or turn on the television and see the debate we're having in our country and the things that people are rioting about and picketing about and, and doing crazy things about. They would be shocked. What is the conversation you're having? What is the big debate of the day? What are they fighting about? They would be shocked. The reason why people are fighting for these things is because they believe them. They just simply believe them. They believe them. They believe that. They believe all of this nonsense, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. It's sad oftentimes that the, the faith of the, of the church doesn't match the faith of the world. I'm saying the willingness to fight no matter what. Listen, it is ridiculous what I mentioned earlier on gender, it's absolutely ridiculous, but people are spending their lives and dedicating their lives to fight for that cause, and it is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. But we're not willing to fight for, for, for an area in our life where God, God's word promises, and we've seen it happen for somebody else. And we've seen God do things in other areas of our life that were equally as unusual or seemingly impossible. Have you know healing a cold supernaturally is just as impossible as healing cancer? Right? Having favor to get a job at the Piggly Wiggly, right? When you don't, when, when there are when there are no is is just as miraculous as having favor to get the job somewhere else at your company. I'm using extremes, right? But but really, when God intervenes, God intervenes. I remember when I, you know, when we went to, we were at Tulsa, you know, I had this deal happen. The, I worked at the Bank of Oklahoma and, and uh, uh, had a girl there I was, that was working there with us. She was actually her and her husband. Uh, he was a Ramus student. She was working there. Anyway, she stole a bunch of money from me. And, 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 and uh, you know, I got fired. Only job I've ever gotten fired from. I got fired from the Bank of Oklahoma because I had like $5,000 missing out of my drawer. I was never out. I was always to the penny every single day. And they couldn't find it. And after a couple weeks went by, they're like, we can't find it. And so... I'm sorry, but, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And the branch, branch manager said, actually, you're, you're supposed to be prosecuted when you lose this much money. They actually prosecute you at that amount. He said, but I convinced them not to because you've never been out the whole time you've been here, but I couldn't keep your job, so you've lost. I got fired from a financial institution for missing money and to the point that it would have, it was, it was punishable by going to trial. It wasn't like 20 bucks. Like, they, were, they wanted to prosecute me, the people who didn't know me, wanted to prosecute me for, for this money being gone. Now, side story, many years later, I went back and found out that it was actually the girl whose husband went to Rama that was working with me, and she stole like $80-some-thousand and from different people, and I just happened to be one of them. Don't you love it when the believers treat you like garbage? But anyway, uh, so, uh, so anyway, I got fired from the job, and, uh, you know, I had, there's no business from a financial institution to ever want to touch me again. I mean, there's no reason for that ever to happen. I mean, you, you, you generally, a, a reference that one institution would give when it involves possible prosecution is not your best reference. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I left that job and I actually did some telemarketing for a few months. That was fun. And because, uh, you know, I'm going to get busy doing something. So I sold brass ponies and children's books and that was a lot of fun. But anyway, so then, I, then I, uh, there was an opening at, at another uh, a lending company that came available. I had a friend of mine that worked there and, and he was leaving. And so he said, you ought to go apply for the job. So I applied for this job. 
had to write my prior work experience down, the prior experience that I had. I'm not, you don't have to show what you've been doing. If you have a year and a half or a year of not doing anything on your application, that's a giant red flag, right? They generally, that's not something they want to hire you. So I wrote Bank of Oklahoma. I wrote my manager's number down. Give her a call. You know, I just like, listen, if they call, or actually I gave them, I don't remember whose number I gave, but somebody's number, check my references, call my number. There's no reason why they should have hired me. At the same time, I had people who had just graduated from ORU with degrees in finance applying for the same job. I didn't have a degree in finance. So I've got people with the degree specialized in that area who don't have possible prosecution records, right, and didn't get fired for, 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 for losing money at a bank just a few months ago, two months ago, applying for the same job. Guess who got the job? It was the, no, it was me. No, the, <laughs> the other guy. No, I got the job. And it was all said and done. I, I even asked the guy, I was like, you know, I said, why? And I'm just curious, why did you hire me? He said, I don't know. He's like, he said, I just, when you came in and sat down, as soon as you sat down, I just liked you. And I said, I don't know. I just, I just liked you. And I just thought, you know, I just thought, I'm going to hire that guy. You know, that job ended up being something that we worked out there. We transferred to Jacksonville, worked there, worked for the same company, transferred to Gainesville, we moved back to here. It, God provided, even when it didn't look like it was possible, favor moved into my life. And when I didn't even deserve it or wasn't qualified for it, favor moved in, and God just moved on my behalf and gave me the job. That wasn't me. That was job, that was God. Now, I did go in, and I was friendly. I didn't go in dressed like a slob. Oh, what's up? You know, you're gonna, I, no, I was respectful and nice. I did my part, right? But doing my part wasn't enough, wasn't enough to overcome bad record at last job and not being qualified for it. But God qualified me for it and got me the job. Well, if he, that's supernatural. That's not normal. You know, that's all supernatural means, right? Not normal, not what happens on normal, normal occasions, not the normal by human standards. That's called super, not natural, supernatural, right? That was supernatural. God intervened. Well, if he did that once, why couldn't he do it again? Why couldn't, he, why couldn't God move to get you into something else that you're needing to when you don't qualify for it? Or there's some other thing that's stacked against you that means you can't have it. Or whatever it is. And if he's done it for you, why can't he do that for you? Maybe that you've never had that happen to you, but why can't God do that on your half? Because he did it for me. Well, you know, just, it's just the luck of the draw. That was you, Pastor Greg. And, and you know, he just, you know, he, you know he, God loves the big eared. And so we all know that. And so you've got them big old ears and God loves the big old ear folks. And no, it's nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's because I asked God for it. Before I went into the interview, I remember praying for favor, sitting out in the parking lot. Lord, you got to give me favor here. I'm asking you for favor. You, you know, I'm asking you for it, and I expected this. I remember I would say this before job interviews. These people are going to love me. Lord, I believe God, you're going to give me favor. I just confess, these people are going to love me. When I, when I remember I, and out of high school, I got hired at service merchandise. Who remembers who remember service merchandise? Right? Up on the hill, you know, now it's one of the Tower Hill, or not Tower Hill, it's this Tower Hill Insurance Company, you know, I got hired there out of high school. You know, I'm, I'm in college. And I needed a job, like, like another job. And, uh, and so I worked all these jobs. Anyway, so I went and got hired there. And the guy hired me on the spot. And he was like, he, and he, he even commented, the whole time I'm talking to you, you're watching the cameras. You weren't even watching me. 
And I didn't realize that they had all these video cameras in the room, surveillance cameras of the whole store. And apparently I was just looking at all the cameras. He said, he thought, he said you know, I just thought, I just like this guy. He come to my office to interview for a job. He's not even paying me any attention. He's looking at the camera. I'm going to hire that guy. Does that make any sense at all? Raymond James, who's a great guy. He just hired me. See, he thought that was funny. So he hired me for the job. That's not normal. I should have been paying attention to him and not looking at the cameras. But how many know, even in my immaturity, favor still works. Well, that's just because of this. That's just because of that. No, it's because I asked for it. So what is it in your life that looks like it won't work? Well, what, are you asking for it or are you just hoping it works? Hoping it works, having one of the other touch of faith out there, the, the non-faith touch, the hope it works touch, right? The woman with the issue of blood. That won't produce you, but a touch of faith, an asking, a confident ask of God, a confident ask, it'll produce for you every single time. Amen. You have to ask. You got to know God is able, but you got to know your faith will work for you. You know, I'll read what I said earlier. This is where I wrote it in my notes. One of the biggest hindrances to God being able to do all he wants to do for, in, and through us is our inability or unwillingness to ask big enough, simply small thinking. Ask big. You know, God's not displeased by big requests. God's not displeased by big requests. In fact, he's displeased when we don't trust him enough to ask big. That doesn't warm the heart of God when we just put up with stuff because we just can't think big enough. He's like, man, will you read my word? Will you just read what I said? Will you look at the examples I've given you, what I've done for somebody else? I'll do it for you. Will you just think I love you enough that my blood that I shed for you was just as valuable as it was for somebody else? Right? He's not displeased at these things. He's not displeased at all. He's displeased when our motives are wrong. And I, and I did write this down. We were in James earlier. And go back to James, the first chapter. We'll look at this real quick, James, the, the first chapter. Because, you know, it's important that, that, that our heart be right when we're asking. There's always a balance of these things. And if your heart's not right, don't ask. Get your heart right first. You know, there are some things in our life we just got to get a, have a heart adjustment before we open our mouth on. And you got to be realistic with where you are before you start talking. Because if you ask without getting your heart right first in an area, you, you can short-circuit God being able to move in your life. And then, then the enemy will just say, well, it's because God, the word isn't true, or he didn't love you enough, or you did this or did that. we got to make sure our heart is right in things. You know, a quote of the scripture in, in, in James 1, third, third, third verse, it said, you have not because you ask not. But I'm going to read this. These scriptures out of the Amplified uh, Translation, paraphrase, Pastor, uh, this morning he talked about that. But I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It said, what leads to strife, discord, and feuds, and how does conflict, quarrels, and fighting originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires that are, that are ever warring in your bodily members? You are jealous and covet of what, for what others have, and your desires go unfulfilled, so you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. You burn with envy and anger and are not able to obtain the gratification, the, con the contentment, and the happiness that you seek. So you fight in war you do not have because you do not ask. Verse 3, or you do not, or you, or you do ask God for them and yet fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. 
It goes on to say, you are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs uh, with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is God's enemy? So whatever, uh, so whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the spirit whom has caused uh, whom, whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. So our motives have got to be right. Reading all of that, our motives have got to be right. Pastor said this morning, God's not opposed to you having a Mercedes Benz. What was the old song you used to sing? When, Lord, oh, Lord, give me a Mercedes Benz. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a, that's my best country, a Mercedes. It's not country? What, what, if, what? Oh, that was Janice Joplin? Oh, the way you did it always sounded like country to me. All right, so anyway, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that redneck Janice Joplin. So that's when you sing Janice Joplin from Jacksonville. It sounds like that. I always thought it was a country song. So I didn't listen to all that ungodly music, all of you who did. So I only listen to church music and watch Passion of the Christ. All right, so, um, but it's a hard issue. He said, you know, you buy, God's not opposed to you having a Mercedes. He's not opposed to you having a Mercedes. Like you said, God's not impressed with a Mercedes. His ride is way sweeter than a Mercedes. It's a chariot of fire. That's pretty awesome, right? That can go the, well, that, this Mercedes has got 600 horsepower. I don't even know if that makes 600 horsepower Mercedes, but, you know, it's got 400 horsepower. It's zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. He travels at the speed of light. Teeny tiny bit faster than than what your Mercedes could do. God's not opposed to you having a Mercedes. He's fine with it. But sometimes people want a Mercedes because they want to impress their neighbor. I mean, you have to be real with it. I mean, you know, do you want a Mercedes to bring glory to God or just because you just have always wanted a Mercedes? God's okay with you getting a Mercedes because you've always wanted a Mercedes. There, there, there is a certain type of vehicle that I have always loved. <laughs> Sold the Jeep, not the Jeep. No, it's a particular Porsche. I've always loved a particular Porsche. I love these Porsches. And so, you know, God's fine with me having a Porsche. But if I want the Porsche so I could drive around and show off the Porsche and let everybody think how cool I am because I'm driving a Porsche, how many know that, that God's not behind that answer or that, that request? Because my heart is wrong. So our asking has got to, it's got to be done. We, 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 it's got to be done in faith, but, and it needs to be big, but also it's got to be done with the right motive. There's so many things God's word has promised us, so many things he said that's ours, so many things that Jesus has secured. Really, everything we need for life and godliness, it belongs to us. He's provided everything. For our own personal lives, for our, our families, for our, 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 our job situation, really, for, for beyond, and more importantly than that, even for what God wants to do in the earth, he's given us everything we need. He's given us everything we need. He's, he's left no detail unturned. But we've got to ask for these things. A reminder of the scripture, ask for the nations and I'll give them to you as an inheritance. Are, are we, let's start with asking for high springs. When's the last time you prayed and asked God to give you your workplace? When's the last time you prayed and asked God to give you your school, give you your class, give you your friends, give you your best friend? I mean, start somewhere. Are you asking for these things? The reality is we got to think big. He said, ask for the nation, not the nation, but the nations, and I'll give them to you. 
That's not just one nation. That's, I know my, my grammar may not be the best, but nations is more than one nation, right? We need to think bigger. We need to think bigger. He, and he didn't say a large group asked for the nations, like one really big nation asked for other nations. He's talking to an individual. We have to think big. We've got to begin to stretch ourselves. We begin to think bigger, think bigger, think bigger personally, but not just let these things be just personal requests. Ministry, life, all of the things. Begin to ask bigger, think bigger, believe bigger. I believe if we'll do that, God will begin to start dreaming with us in areas and begin to partner with us in things where we're limited before by just what we can see. We'll begin to tap into how God sees things. You can ask God to give you wisdom and vision to see things the way he's... Ask him to have you see your family the way he sees your family. Ask him to see your workplace the way you see your workplace. Have him to Ask him to, to let you see your town, your community, this area, the way he sees them. But you got to ask in faith you got to know that if he does, it's going to shake you up a little bit and be ready for it and be open for it, right? And willing to see those things. And asking faith means willing to see things differently than you see it now. If you ask God for it, believing, expecting him to do it, God will move on your behalf. He'll move on your behalf. He'll answer your prayers. He'll begin to change the way you see things, but allow you to see things from his perspective. Listen, if we're going to rule and reign with him, we got to learn to start thinking, looking at things, and asking the way he would do it. We're called to rule and reign with him. You can't rule and reign with God with natural human thoughts. You can't do it. You can't rule and reign with him, rule and reign with the creator of the heavens and the universe, asking, just asking small. Asking little, asking small. just doesn't work that way. Now, we're not where we need to be, but I believe God's taking us somewhere. We, we will get to where, we, and we'll learn this. In the, in, the, in the ages to come, we'll continually learn and, and begin to grasp more deeply how these things operate. Let's start this now. Let's start this now. In your life, what is something, area where you, 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 you need to be asking God to move? What's in your life you need to get God involved, that you settle for less than? And maybe where you're at is comfortable, but you can have more. And, and, but you're doing it for the right reason. It could be in the area of finances. There's not a single person in here that can't grow in your finances. Not just someone who's facing a bunch of bills. You can be in a place where you're not facing any lack in your life. You can still grow in this area. If your heart is just you can buy more stuff and have the biggest house in town, not the right motive. But if your heart is, listen, I want to be a good testimony, right? That when people look at me like Abraham, God made him rich. Because when you pull up in your, in your Mercedes, you're giving glory to God in everything that you have, right? And you're looking for opportunities to be a blessing. You're doing it for the right. Every person here can, can expand in these areas, I know over the years we've had people coming in and out of our doors, coming out of the church in this area, and because they're doing well, they never stretch themselves. And they can live and die, live their whole life, and be comfortable but never accomplish anything in that area for the kingdom of God. And reality is, in that area, they failed. In that area, they fell short. Because their need, their, what they, I'm saying their financial status was enough to take care of themselves. They never got a hold of the way God looks at things. You see, there's a difference. Does that make sense? There's a difference on how you look at it. You can grow. You can develop. You can mature. In these things. You, you, you can be in your body where you don't have the stuff everybody else has. Right? 
I mean, we can have these things if we want to pursue these things. If we want to go after these, we can have the things that we ask him. We, this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And then if we know that he hears us, we know that we have whatever we've asked of him. Whatever things we've asked, we know we have them. I just want to stir you up tonight. Start asking big. Start asking big. You know, and I'll say this too, you know, uh, there are some things sometimes where it seems hopeless. Some situations that can look hopeless. You know, reminded of Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, he believed God. When it didn't look like there was a way, he still believed God. You know, there's something about developing just a, a godly hope in your situation. Sometimes we're not asking or we're not asking in faith. We're just throwing things out there because we really don't, there's really no hope in us for something to change, right? We've got to change that. We, we've got we've to be willing to, to, to lay those things aside. It said that of Abraham that contrary to hope, in hope, and he went on to list all of the things that were the hopeless situations, and he chose not to look at those hopeless details. You know, his age, Sarah's age, the deadness of her womb, all of these things, he didn't look at any. Those were the hopeless things in his life. Listen, any hopeless situation is only hopeless because you're looking at it from the wrong place. It's only hopeless because you're looking at it from, from a natural human standpoint. That's why it looks hopeless. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to him who believes. If those things are true, there's nothing that's hopeless. Can you see that? If, if all things are possible with God, everything's possible, and all things are possible to him or her who believes... Well, then is there a hopeless situation in your life? See, Sarah received strength to conceive when she was well past age because she judged God faithful. She judged God faithful. He was who he said he was. And hopeless situations didn't get her down, didn't have her consider something else. She received strength to conceive when she was past the age because she judged God faithful. Having the right perspective is so big. Looking at things the right way is so big. Listen, God wants us to ask. He wants us to step it up in these areas. He wants us to ask big. There's so much that God wants to do in, through, and for us. Amen? Let's contend for those things. Start somewhere. Pick something and start somewhere. Don't start on everything all at once. Start on something. Right? Sometimes people can take it too far. They should start, start on everything in the world and not start on something. Ask the Lord to direct you. What should I start on? He'll tell you. He knows what you need. He knows where you're at. Start somewhere, but start. Start asking. Start believing. Start standing on these things. You know, during service uh, tonight, during the song service, I just felt like in the area of business, there's some folks where the Lord has wanted to, to step you up in some things, maybe to step into a business, maybe to increase your business. And those things can, and, and it seemed to me as though uh, when, when, he, when he said that to me, there's been a hesitation there because others have failed at certain aspects of this. There's certain things that the Lord has dealt with you about, and others have failed, maybe gotten off track. You know, sometimes when people get experience success, they forgot who brought them success. I mean, we've seen it over the years. God, you know, somebody's believing God for a business. They're tired of They want to work. They want to do. have an idea. They want to do something, and God blesses them, and then they lose their relationship with God because that becomes God in their life, right? And they start donating all their time to it, and they get off track. And you might say, well, you know, I, I've seen other people fail, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at right now. I'm handling it right now. And, and if I do that, I might miss it. 
I might get out of my place. Listen, if you'll trust God, if you'll keep your heart open, he will, he will put when, when, not if, but when other priorities try to step in, he'll alert you to him if you're willing to hear it. But you've got to begin the process by be willing to start asking for the things he's prompting you to ask for and to start believing for those things. So if that's you, if he's been talking to you about, the, about, about that in the area of business, whether it be starting something or expanding where you are, listen, you need to know you're hearing from God. Don't just say, well, I had an idea, and Pastor Greg said that tonight, so I'm going to do it. Get, to God, get with God about it, right? Find out if it's from him. Don't say, well, you know, well, people do that. So you need to hear. Listen, you, I can't hear God for you. You have to hear God for yourself, right? But once you hear from God, you don't need to hear from anybody else if you've heard from God. Well, how will I know if I heard from God? Well, when you heard from God, you'll know you heard from God. When you hear from God, you know you heard from God. That doesn't mean the enemy doesn't kind of try to talk you out of it later. You understand what I'm saying? But you need to hear from God from yourself on that. But if, if, if the Lord's been talking to you, I just say that because people do crazy stuff sometimes. I know we're way beyond all that. But anyway, if you're not, if you're thinking about doing something crazy, don't do it. If you've got a little bit of crazy in you, just kick the crazy to the curb and don't do it. Just, just stay even. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I got a friend of mine. I, I, I I got a friend of mine, he was at a, he was at a, uh, I've probably said this before, he was at a minister's conference and the minister talked about, he gave his suits away, you know, and, and then the Lord blessed him with a whole closet full of new suits. And, and so my friend loaded up all of his suits the next service and sat in the parking lot of the convention center, passing out suits. Pastor of a church, young pastor of a church, just starting out, passed out all of his suits. He called me a few weeks later. He now preaches in jeans because he has no more suits. And, well, you know, he worked for him. I said, did God tell you to give all your suits away? Well, uh, you understand my point, right? Some of the people that heard something somebody else did and think, I'll do that. Listen, you need to do what the Lord tells you to do. And my friend ended up giving all of a sudden, I said, you need to go buy a suit, brother. If that's what, if you're only doing this because you gave your suits away, go buy you a suit. You know, this is back in the, back in the day. You know, he, anyway. He, he quit the ministry shortly after that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I wish I had a better story for you. But he, anyway, he's uh, he, 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 he kind of went real fast. But, you know, I will say this. There's a certain way of, of approaching things you got to be careful with, right? But in that area, if that's you, anyway, I say all that to I'm backpedaling, right? Don't say coming to me. I started a business, Patrick. No, you need to listen to the Lord. But if he's talking to you, I'll just be quiet. If he's talking to you, go for it. Anyway, praise God. Let's all stand. I don't want you quitting your whatever it is, you know, you need to obey the Lord. We've seen that time and time again, though, haven't we? Yeah, and then, and then to all disenfranchise and get all discouraged. Oh, Lord. You know, we've all missed it in different areas, right? We've all got into things that outside of what the Lord told us to do. Not that it wasn't good, we just weren't ready sometimes. Or maybe, or maybe we, 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 we did it and we, our motivation wasn't 100% right, and it's easier to say God told me to do something than it is to just be honest, right? Buying something, doing something, making some move, right? If you've done that in the past, I wish I could tell my friend, I wish he'd listen to me. Listen, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you can't get it right. Doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater because you made a mistake, just repent, ask God to forgive you, get your heart right. He will take you out of it. He'll get you in your new suit. He'll, whatever it is, he'll do it. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're afraid to pursue God and ask big because you've, you've gotten out of place in the past, don't give up on it. Find out where you missed it. Find out how you made a mistake. 
Find out where your priorities were wrong. Find out where you didn't listen right. Find out where you were influenced incorrectly. Whatever it is, find out what that is. Ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what that is. He will. He'll tell you. Be willing to hear him, and then whatever he says, make the move. Make the change. Don't stay discouraged. Don't stay, don't stay in a place where you're just beat up over it and not willing to push forward. Don't lose your love for God because you made a mistake. Right? Keep asking big. Keep moving forward. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word tonight. Father, we're so blessed and so honored to be your sons and daughters. Father, we thank you that all the promises of God are yes and amen. We know they belong to us. And Father, by your grace and by your spirit, we'll continue to push forward and move on to what you have for us, Father. Thank you for leading, guiding, and directing us, Lord. We'll obey your word. We'll obey your spirit. We know you're faithful to your word. We love you. We thank you for it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God while God's good. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.